1: And good evening to you wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here, along with our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan, and the uh, our inimitable prayer intercessor, Mr. Yes. Owl, here with us as well, mm-hmm. Al Ramsey. And uh, greetings to you uh, across the world. And you know, this past week, uh, some new visitors uh, to Lighthouse Live. One from Winnipeg, Canada. All
0: right. And welcome. Yeah, just a neighbor.
1: Now, now here's here's a here's a trivia test.
0: Uh oh, are you ready? Al? One
1: from the Pakong. I'm sorry, the Kepong. Cubit Forest Village. Okay, okay, everybody. Where is the <laughs> Kipong Cubit Forest Village? Vietnam, close. Oh,
2: Cambodia.
1: You go, you go south from Vietnam, almost due south, Malaysia, uh, wow. and uh, the Kipong Cubit Forest Village is in Malaysia. Malaysia. Malaysia, isn't that amazing? Very good. And uh, anyway, welcome. <laughs> welcome. I'd, uh, I'd welcome uh, that that visitor to let us know who you are and. And uh, just uh, tell us how you came in contact with Lighthouse Live. That would be great. Uh, and Ken and Jane Muir is with us from Prodigal Sons and Daughters. Yes. Uh, always good friends. Mm-hmm. and Haven't seen them in a long, long time. Welcome good to age. have them back yes. in the program. We, and we'll talk to them about the great things God is doing <laughs> with Prodigal Sons and Daughters in just a couple minutes. Right now, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people be
3: when they hear that i Jesus bring? What will people be Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak.
1: The year is 1546. England, with her final words, Anne Askew, reminds all of us why we are here. Because of her faith, Anne is placed on a torture rack and her joints and bones are pulled out of place. She faints from the pain, but when she regains consciousness, she preaches for two hours to her tormentors. On the day of her execution, she is carried to the stake in a chair and then given one last chance to recant. Anne states clearly, I did not come here to deny my Lord and Master. She dies praying for her murderers through the flames. Do your words and actions deny Christ, or do they preach the gospel? For more inspiration from Real Life Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. You know, very interesting story about Anne, and and of course in 60 seconds you can only give too much. But there's a little political intrigue uh, with, with that as well. That was during the reign of Henry VIII. And, uh, one of his wives, uh, was almost a patron of, of Anne and uh, a Protestant. And, uh, Henry, in, in part, wanted to get a political witness against his wife, one of them, so that he could have a reason for killing them. Although he seemed to have killed them, behead them with no reason at all, but, uh, apparently wanted some justification for that. And, and, uh, Anne refused to do that. But and they had to carry the chair. To the stake because all of her uh, ligaments and and bones were bones were broken and ligaments were torn and she couldn't stand up. And amidst that, in in the pain of all that, she preaches. And isn't that an amazing thing? You know, I mean, that's that's just the Holy Spirit just ramping up and um, just an amazing story. If you have. uh, fox's book of martyrs uh, her her story is in there all right moving on uh, lighthouse light let's also check in uh with brad dacus
2: it's time for the legal edge a look at your rights as a christian a parent and a citizen and now with a look at what's happening on the legal front the president of the pacific justice institute Brad Dacus.
4: We're visiting the
1: Sacramento library pornography controversy once again. You see, Pacific Justice Institute has urged a complete ban on pornography viewing in the public libraries. The Sacramento Public Library Authority Board has instead recommended recessed screens and software filters, as well as discretion to the staff to intervene if a dangerous environment arises. Well, the ACLU says this is too restrictive. Ignoring the reality of sex crimes in libraries where unrestricted porn was allowed. The rights and safety of children cannot be ignored. We must pray that the library board show some leadership and resist the coercion of the ACLU. I'm Brad Dacus.
2: To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org.
1: You know, you'll look at all the devastation that sexual addiction causes. And, you know, forgive me, but these morons up there in Sacramento, uh well let's give everybody free access to pornography. It's the right what are they thinking? Tell
4: them I what can are
1: they thinking? come on, Ken, what are they thinking? What's <laughs> with that? it? sounds like they're not thinking. I don't there think they are thinking. That that's is just absurd. Or mm-hmm. money. All right. Some payoff, some I'll I'll back off. That's okay. I'm okay now. No, I, I think right. okay go A couple for deep it. breaths. Yeah. I'll Keep be breathing. all right. Keep breathing. In and out. Oh,
0: there you go. Let's take a look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. I Pastor might come Mike back later. While Mike is regrouping right. any time. Okay. And uh, your chance to volunteer. The American Cancer Society gearing up for their Relay for Life, and Pastor Mike's kids and wife were out doing that this weekend, the American Cancer Society's fun-filled overnight relay event that mobilizes communities across this nation to celebrate survivorship, to remember those who lost their lives to cancer, and to raise money for the fight against cancer. 24-hour relay event will be celebrated on May 3rd and 4th in Manteca, Ripon, and Tracy, on May 17th and 18th in Ceres and Patterson, May 31st and June 1st in Riverbank, June 7th and 8th in Lodi and Stockton, and June 21st and 22nd in Modesto and Turlock. Now, volunteers, here we go, are needed on the first day of each relay, to register walkers and teams to assist with the sales and setup of the luminaries, and for the evening luminary ceremony honoring cancer victims and to help with other activities during the event and on Sunday to help out with the cleanup and at the conclusion of the event at all sites and we'll give you the phone number that you can call for that and just. A moment. Habitat for Humanity, which is an organization close to Mr. Owl's heart and ours too, is gearing up for their 18th annual dinner uh, to be held Thursday, May 15 at 6 p.m. at the Greek Orthodox Church in Modesto. And the, the event highlights the agency's accomplishments and recognizes those who have made it possible uh, while volunteers uh, help to uh, for needed funds for future activities. Now, volunteers, here we go again, are needed to set up tables, place dinnerware, uh, and help out with decorations at 10 in the morning uh, and also to help with cleanup at 8 p.m. And decorations and all that good stuff. And stuff habitat for humanity addresses the problem of poverty housing yeah. by building homes in partnership with families who provide sweat equity uh, and they benefit from no interest loans to purchase their new homes great great organization we were out there uh, saturday with yeah. the graffiti wipeout efforts yeah. uh, helping out uh, habitat I and that was, was a, uh, and uh, mr al says he was playing yes you were helping out there's a lot of graffiti out there. a lot of graffiti there. and that was a, a great time it certainly was Youth for Christ is another wonderful uh, organization.
1: I ministry. saw one that says, L was here. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Moving Mr.
0: right L. along, guys. You. Youth for Christ, where you can invest an hour a week mentoring and making a difference in the life mm. of a child. This is wonderful. Youth for Christ, YFC, is partnering with Ceres Unified School District to place 75 adult mentors with 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students. Mentors enrich their own lives. You better believe it. While sharing everyday activities with kids—movies, reading, homework, hiking, shopping, talking, and just listening—more shopping. shopping. I like that shopping. Uh,
1: like, do they go to Home Depot and Lowe's and you know, good Depot. places come to
0: shop? On. Oh, probably the guys yeah, go to Home asking. Depot. Okay, yes. girls, we go to the malls. All right, come on. Hours uh, are very flexible, uh, and you can set it up with a mentor and your little protege. There, interested individuals oh, are invited. Fly
1: a protege. They'd be going to Home Depot Okay. Then. That's all I'm okay. saying. Home Depot, say
0: Lowe's and Rayco. all that good stuff. Okay, no, we go okay. to the malls, girls. Okay. Were you trying to go April somewhere I with am, that? and we will right. do that. We're going to plunge right through this. April 29th at 6 p.m. Hey, that's tomorrow for the orientation, and this takes place at Ceres Unified School District uh, at the office located at 2503 Lawrence Street in Ceres. Uh, volunteers must pass a fingerprint background check okay, and commit to volunteering at least four hours a month for a minimum of one year. And this is important. You know why? Because you want to establish relationships and trust, okay? So you want to show your commitment here. And uh, high school junior and seniors with a GPA of 3.0 or greater may also volunteer with a recommendation uh, from a teacher. YFC, that's Youth for Christ, is a faith-based community organization that seeks to establish relationships. Can I hear it for relationships once again? Amen. Yes. Yeah. With young people in over 200 cities in the United States and in over 100 countries worldwide. Now, through these relationships, Youth for Christ seeks to introduce people to a faith and infiltrate them into becoming a part of a local church. And you know, we love Youth for Christ. It's one of the organizations that, and ministries that we partner with here in this great community. So we just uh, encourage you to uh, consider that and make that commitment and establish those all-important Uh, relationships. So if you are interested in any of these items, please give Barbara Borba a call. Uh, She is reachable uh, at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. And you can always, always give us a call here. We're reachable, too. 209-544-9571 is our number, and we'd be happy to answer any questions uh, that you might have. Well, it's almost as though we uh, can pick up right where we left off uh, last time with you guys, Ken and Jane Muir's from Prodigal Sons and Daughters in Turlock, and we're just happy to have you guys here. Thank you happy for taking here. the time to come with us today and, and share with you, and it's been much too long. I can't remember the last time you yes, we were here. Yes, and I'd but, like uh, to
2: invite back half the female audience that we lost with the comments <laughs> that these two made earlier about <laughs> shopping. Well, Jane, that yeah. just
0: means that we'll just have to... Uh,
2: Put our two cents in. but
0: Thanks for coming back. You, you know,
1: Ken, the so first.
0: <laughs> yes, Something my. tells me that we're not through with the shopping.
1: I wasn't married probably two months, and my wife takes me shopping. And,
4: uh, that's why you're dressed so nice. That's, well, I let her <laughs> dress the... me.
1: It's a lot safer, and I look Yay a lot better. Yay you Lori. Know? Yeah, me too. And so anyway, we're sitting in the store, and, and it's funny because all the guys are just kind of gravitating to chairs where they benches, can find or yeah. benches or right. you know somewhere and we're all sitting there and, and lori's off somewhere and she says honey and 20 guys at the same time say yes i mean we're all conditioned yeah we you are know, the sharp dad we all shopping thing and, and because we know that you know we're not too good at that and uh, anyway
4: but uh, you have mentioned two things, uh, pornography and shopping, and those are some great, oh, and gambling that the state does. There's so a those couple are, of vices right mm-hmm. there. Those mm-hmm. are a couple of shopping. Pornography is a real strong addiction.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you know what it is, and, and uh, you know, the industry makes a lot of money. And Oh, my gosh. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the, this ridiculous attitude that in a library that somehow you're squelching uh, somebody's freedom. To access information it 's a bunt there 's only one reason to go there you know and, and uh, the, those addictions are devastating. There are time bombs that go off later in, and there 's no relationship absolutely not yeah, you're and it, 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 well, and it begins that process. Right. And, Anyway, I told you I'd come back on that. And you it's did. It's his fault. Boy, He's did you that. come back
0: in a big way. You know, Ken and Jane, we were talking about earlier that we do have new listeners around the globe, listeners that may perhaps have not heard about Prodigal Sons and Daughters. So let's just uh, introduce them to your ministry, your organization, and and just recap for them what it is you do and, and about the ministry and, and uh, just uh, lunge into this. Share with them uh, your great
2: organization and what it is you do prodigal sons and daughters started out of our front room approximately 12 years ago and it was just a ministry that god laid on our hearts working with youth with drug and alcohol issues it grew and grew and grew and we grew out of the neighborhood we are officially and you guys probably don't even know this we have a new location (gasps) we have a building downtown in turlock we're we are 340 east olive avenue um it's great because we have actual hours now. People can come in and get information during the day, and we do a lot of uh, one-on-one counseling, and then we have our regular meetings at night. So it's uh, it's a great place to drop in and, and get information or, or just to come see a, if it's something you might need. Bigger location now? You've expanded? What? Well, we've expanded in how organized we are. We're... It, we have more in that regard. Um, it's a smaller location than what we came from. The last location, you know, we had three acres, but we had just one meeting room, and now we have an actual building that's just dedicated, and so four meetings. So we have, I think, three meeting rooms in that location, which mm-hmm. is nice.
1: For those in the area, we're on all of what nearest Cross Street are you, are you by there? Center. We're about a- Center, okay.
4: Or a block and a half off of Golden State. Okay. Most people know where
1: that's at. Yeah, absolutely. I'll
4: just right. set
0: my GPS because you know I'm not going to.
1: Well, Lane will be happy to provide you with directions <laughs> if you'd like to tour Omaha. But
0: We won't go there. I, you just stay at Home Depot, okay? stick <laughs> to your shopping. <laughs> but we are so glad that you are expanding. Now, Prodigal Sons and Daughters serves whom?
4: Uh, we ser- serve anybody with uh, addictive dependencies or compulsive behaviors, and we first started out with just drugs and alcohol, but the uh, addictive and compulsive lifestyle is so spread out, and basically it's sin, you know, because we all, whenever we turn our back on the Lord and seek a desire of the flesh, we try and deal with people like that, which pretty much encompasses everybody.
0: All of us, doesn't it?
4: But, uh, Thank you. the struggles that uh, the society has in a whole is, uh, at least in this part of the world, is methamphetamines and mm-hmm. and heroin and now uh Oxycontin, the prescription drugs. Uh teenagers are going to mom and dad's medicine cabinets and mm. getting mom and dad's drugs because the baby boomers have a few more aches and pains and and uh so the the people that we're baby reach boomers are, are getting older, aren't we? We are. <laughs> aren't we? We are but um That's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we reach uh people that co- t- attend our group are from twelve to sixty six. Here's That's a and wide women.
2: range. Baby boomers are, however, hitting rehabs at the highest number ever, really? and that is because they have a very yes. low tolerance mm. for aches and pains. Mm. They don't want to go through that, and so prescription drugs are rampant. And and we're, they're modeling that to their kids too. And they're seeing that you know if this hurts, you just take something. Mm. You don't.
0: crossing that line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to addiction
4: yeah it's an invisible line yes that uh yeah. as a recovering addict that i am i don't remember some railroad crossing guard coming down going ding 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 <laughs> if you do one more of this or one more of that you become addictive and but mm-hmm. i but i crossed it uh, but you know that that's a testimony how good things can come out of bad situations you know why do bad things happen well why did all the bad things happen to me i, I made choices but out of that you know, we've been able to reach a lot of people, and mm-hmm. I, I found out my purpose for life. Why I'm still alive, uh, met a wonderful young young woman. Young used Bless to be you. young. It's <laughs> be you young. Week? Ouch! I'm I'll going to the mall now <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
2: After this, you yeah.
1: you and I are just digging ourselves deeper. <laughs> yeah. in the show. Yeah. Just, seriously, sure yeah. to get out of maybe <laughs> we ought <laughs> to start at the yeah. top again and try this. <laughs> Too sort of, late for
2: you guys. You
0: know,
1: yeah. Can, as, I, as you were talking, I I just thinking of, of Paul's greeting in Ephesians chapter four, he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. You know, and that that's just you guys. I mean, Paul was writing about you guys there. Humble and, and uh, a prisoner for the Lord, you know, sold out to God, surrendered, and uh, living a life worthy of the calling that you've received. You just talked about, you know, the background with with, with addictions and how God has yes. just turned that around and oh, uh, yeah. used you folks in a powerful way to, to reach others. Amazing how Chris, Scripture just kind of jumps up. Jumps
0: out. Pain, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Ken's testimony and yours, Jane. You guys are walking it out. I can remember the first time that Ken shared his testimony.
4: I probably cried. <clears throat> well, you had all
0: of us crying, actually. Mm-hmm. Because it is so true. And, and maybe just recap that a little bit for our listeners who've not heard it before.
4: Uh, I, I grew up in a real strong Christian home. I had a real belief in Jesus Christ up until adolescent years, which we see where adolescence is extremely tough, if we can all remember back then. <laughs> and um, what happened for me is my, my in high school I had this critical spirit, uh, where I didn't feel accepted, you know, uh, clothing or you don't have the right car. And, and we see it a lot with the people that we're dealing with. And, and out of that critical spirit that I developed, I had an inferiority complex. You know, once again, where do I fit in? And then you're always trying to achieve perfection, and then you really can't do that. So because of that, you start to procrastinate. And then out of the procrastination and not achieving the perfectionist, I became angry and bitter. And continued to use more and more drugs uh, till I started to isolate. And eventually what happened for me after 20-some years, put a gun to my head and actually had press, pressure on the trigger. And I'm really glad that uh, God spoke to me or I still had that little coal, that little amber that was still burning inside of me from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And then said a simple prayer, like, God, help me. And I put the gun down. I, I really had a peace at that point in my in my life. Uh, but I went back in the house, and uh, five squad cars came to get me. And so you have to be careful what you pray for. And, uh, but it was, uh, it was exactly what I needed. And uh, out of that, my life started to turn around. I really didn't have the Lord. Went through a divorce, uh, which was very, it's not unusual for a situation like that. Uh, and then ran into Jane, who uh, walked me very gently back to God. She mm. would continue to go to church and mm-hmm. never pressure me. And uh, I could see something happening in her, and I'd, you know, mumble and grumble and start way in the high balcony and eventually work down <laughs> to the main floor. And, and some guys came through one time that were uh, talking about disco and cocaine and womanizing, and, and I'm listening, and I went, that's me, that's my story. Eventually, in recovery, you hear your story. And uh, I heard mine that day, and then he re- mentioned Christ, and I went, "That's what I'm missing." And huh? Jane would tell the the part where I, I got up, and she thought I was going to leave the church, but actually I was. The Holy Spirit just walked with me down to the
1: altar. Wow. Yes, amen. I get turned
4: up whenever yeah, I just yeah, it's yeah. just like right. yesterday that yeah. that it happened. And anyway, it's a great freeing experience. And and then uh, Jane uh, had a friend that was uh, 12 years old that just got out of recovery. Our her friend his, her friend's son. And, uh, so we started the deal. Well, she asked me to sponsor him and I said, I, no, I was a
2: hairdresser, I had a salon and I had a client come in and she was struggling because her son was getting out of rehab that day. And she was told her son would need a sponsor. She didn't know where to begin for that to happen. And I said, well, maybe my husband could help because he's had this past experience. I called him. He said, well, I'll talk to the kid. And They hit it off, Mm -hmm. and that's the first kid, and then it just snowballed from there.
1: You know, something, Ken, that that you said just a moment ago, and it's important, Jane, um, counsel so many couples where one is going off into left field there and and, Mm -hmm. uh, the other has some choices about how you handle that and some some Mm -hmm. key uh, key thoughts, Jane, about how you handled that situation in terms of just walking it out versus trying to bludgeon uh, can to go to church and, and and all of that, can you talk a little bit about well, that's you that well that 's
2: very gracious of you to say that I just walked it out. <laughs> <laughs> there was some bludgeoning <laughs> going on, trust me um, I had to seek out a lot of of women strong Christian women who just really showed me how to step back and let the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. step forward because my my inclination was to grab the bull by the horns and say, "This is what you need. You're going to do this, or I'm going to leave," and all those ridiculous mm-hmm. ultimatums that uh, you don't know, work. Well, they don't work because you don't follow through, and, mm-hmm.
4: and that's and really, not God's it's the Holy ideal Spirit anyway. That does the conviction. Yeah. yeah, right. And it's, right. It's yeah. By attraction, it was by i see changes in you, and then the people. That's mm-hmm. what attracted me. Mm-hmm. Even though I was clean and sober, you know, I, I still wasn't. There was an empty spot there, and I didn't know what it was. And it was the attraction of her, and then. Another man that I'd seen through, you know, following her around, and he had this something. And I went up and asked him, what is it that you have I want? Mm. And he was humble enough to say, let's go have breakfast. Wow. And uh, so that then my life really turned around because I accepted Christ. And that was the missing element in my life. And, of course, a walk with the Lord is much better than any drug. Mm. And you don't know that until you've experienced it. Mm. But uh, and, and since then, the last 12 years, we have experienced many times... When uh, someone has accepted Christ, and you just get to witness that, it's like being at a Super Bowl game, and you're right on the 50-yard line on the field. <laughs> you know, and, and Jesus that's, has got yeah. this victory over oh. Satan, and it's, there's yeah. nothing better.
0: Yeah, I just rejoice with the angels in heaven. And we flounder a little on our own, but that's what the body of Christ is about. When we come together, and we can come alongside each other, and it's yes. that support system and that accountability that's in place, isn't it, Jane? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes.
2: And, you know, back to something that you opened the show with, Mike, about the pornography, I'd I'd like to address something that came up about that for me when you said it. I have a women's group that I run on Thursday, and I've got 15 to 25 women, depending, I never have more than 12, 14 show up on a given Thursday, but I have at least 25 that are signed up for this group. And the majority of them have experienced sexual abuse, and because of that, they either became addicted, they get into sick relationships. But a lot of what we see with the men and the women is if there, if that has happened, that creates um, an over sexualization, and the sin is repeated in the form of the pornography and the acting out. Um, it's such a gateway for Satan to grab Mm -hmm. hold of somebody, something that God intended for good that gets so warped and perverted. But we see it all the time after we work with somebody. Eventually it comes out that, yeah, I I was sexually abused. But, you know, it's no big deal. I'm over it. It was a long time ago.
4: I was going to add to that that we see a lot of men that that have happened also to them, and not too many people talk about that at all. But we run a men's group where you hear a lot of it.
1: You're exactly right. You know, I started with with couples, and I used to take a bunch through premarital, and and now not not so many per year. But I started asking flat out, you know, on the individual session, you know, have either of you experienced either physical abuse or or sexual abuse or what? Emo- and I tell you, probably a good seventy five percent of the couples, one or the other, yeah, man or the say woman, about yeah, ha- have experienced some type of of sexual abuse yeah. and. In their past, and unfortunately, some of that stuff also becomes generational. Yeah. Ticking time bombs Absolutely. that just go off, you know, That's and, nice. and uh, it's just devastating.
4: And as Elaine was saying, the body yeah. of Christ, if we could help remove the stigma that goes with uh, sexual addiction or even drug and alcohol addiction, then the, then the church body could maybe embrace this a little bit more. I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah. Come How? out yeah. from hiding. That's yeah. another thing that we There see. you go.
0: Yeah. That's what you read my mind. How often do you guys get feedback from people in the churches that will come up to you and say, hey, you know, kind of coming out of the closet, so to speak, uh, and, and, and talking
2: about this stuff. Now. Well, they do it, but they mm-hmm. do it privately. Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. come up and pull us aside, and we'll acknowledge that that's happened. A very good book on that subject while we're, I mean, while we have this availability to mention it is Dan Allender's book, Bold Love. Okay. It's a wonderful book that addresses uh, the wounds of that and how you may think you've dealt with all that. and how it can even, let me back up. I, I was a victim of sexual abuse. And so even though I married a man that had an alcoholic issue and I felt like I don't have an addict issue. So obviously he's the one with the problem. It wasn't until I really got my walk with God going that I realized that I too had a problem and that was from my sexual abuse, I was a very controlling, and I believe the word contemptuous would fit, woman. Mm. And so I, you can imagine putting he and I together what that, you know,
4: like, what that I was all about. <laughs> but well. then,
2: then as we started this ministry, we realized that it wasn't an accident that God paired us because we bring different things to the table when we mm. deal with these kids or adults.
0: So in the ministry of prodigal sons and daughters, you guys probably get a mixture of a lot of these different issues coming, yes. coming to surface. a lot. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, yeah. I think one of the problems is, you know, we do have to have safe places yes. to share this stuff. And and, and unfortunately, in, in the corporate church environment, um, if there is a safe place, it's somewhat um, concocted sometimes or sterile and... And we need places like Prodigal Sons. And and for me, you know, I think of the church. I don't think corporate church. I think of the body of Christ. I think of Prodigal Sons and Daughters is the church. Yeah. And, and You know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Big Valley and First Baptist and, and, you know, wherever you happen to be. Um, but if you look at it, just the building, the, the corporate building, if, you know, it's it's like clapping with one hand. You know, we, we need these other parts of the body uh, to, to be serving in this way and uh so I'd, I'd encourage you know listeners and i know we hit this from time to time when you think of the word church think of the body of christ there you go you know work working together not 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 yes, you know parachurch. i was supposed to para-church. where did that come from I'm not a parachurch. <laughs> ministries are part of the church you know yes. we're working together and and so much needed
4: we like to think of uh um what it must have been like for the apostles mm. you know after christ uh, left and uh, they were waiting for the Holy Spirit, how they must have gathered in different rooms at, mm-hmm. at night and go, Oh, my gosh, what happened to you? How many Roman soldiers tasted you around? And, and how people that come mm-hmm. into the group here, they, they find it so comforting and safe. Yeah. And, uh, and they do have problems with the corporate church because they feel like a lot of them were Pharisees. But mm-hmm. the good thing is that the churches that you have mentioned, a few others, you know, now have recovery programs That's going right. on where it is mm-hmm. a safe place. And, and I think 12, 14 years ago, there weren't very many. So I'm, I'm delighted that... Uh, the word's gotten out that this is something that is very beneficial. The biblical 12 steps do work, and Christ's message is very simple, and it's something that I need.
0: Absolutely. Ken, you touched on something a little earlier. You're talking about some of the issues in your life, like perfection and And uh, talking about some of those things and some of the issues that all of us in recovery, regardless of where we are uh, in the process of recovery, what if questions uh, may surface in our minds at some point. And uh, here's Jaden Lovick uh, with a question, and he's got a great song. It's called What If on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back.
3: What if I climbed the mountain? What if I swam to that shore? What if every battle was victorious? Then would you love me more? Would you love me more? What if I were everyone's first choice? What if I went farther than before? What if I stood high above the rest? Then would you love me? You love me. I forgot to confess What if I stumbled down that mountain Then would you love me less Lord would you love me less What if I were everyone's last choice What if I mixed in with the rest What if I fail what I passed before Then would you love me would you, would you love me less? Oh no, no. You say I belong to you. Apart from the things I do. You say I belong to you.
0: love it on lighthouse live with pastor mike elaine and ken and jane not a great song asking those questions what if well that's just the way it is and i guess we probably all ask that question but you know he loves us no matter what and we can what if all over the place but it all boils down to that doesn't it there's nothing we can do so bad that doesn't he, it doesn't change his mind, and it doesn't make him love us any less or more, no matter what we do, and that's a great thing, isn't it, guys?
4: Yes.
1: Yes. You know, we were talking a few minutes ago off, off air about um, you know, the government even now affirming uh, the faith-based community and uh, because you know when Christ is in it, uh, it works. It does. And uh, we, we've noticed within the past you know, a couple of years a tremendous open door uh with government. You know, we hear all about all the, you know, separation of church and state stuff, but uh really here we've experienced government has its arms wide open because they understand the value of the faith-based community coming in and and participating. And you have an example too with uh with the county, heard about you and and now you have a link there. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh
4: yeah, it's amazing how uh when we put God into the picture how successful it can become. Mm-hmm. But we had an interesting uh, phone call a few months ago from a gentleman by the name of Reuben Imperial. Oh, right. <clears throat> he works uh, for the Stanislaus County, and he called up on the phone and said, uh, introduced himself and said, I, I, I hear this name, Prodigal Sons and Daughters, mm-hmm. a lot, and I need to know what's going on down there. Can I come down with some friends and visit? And I said, sure, by all means. And and uh, he's a, a very strong Christian man, as I found out through our, our discussions, and uh, he recognizes how faith-based organizations work, how God is the missing link in any kind of a recovery program. And, and without it, you you might stay clean and sober some some short time, but then you're going to fall. And so he, uh, we had a nice conversation. We've had a couple of meetings with him. He uh, asked uh, that if we would be a faith-based liaison into the county. And uh, through that uh, meeting, we've gotten in touch with our police department and mm-hmm. uh, our police chief, Hampton, and Uh, Now we're going to develop a diversion program in our community, and um, he's able to suggest that people actually go to this, and it becomes actually mandatory. But it's an opportunity where we can talk somewhat secular to them, but at the same time, they're going to see God working. And then we can say, if you really want to know how this works, you really just step across the hallway there, and that's kind of what we're planning on doing.
0: Because this time of year, guys, with the proms and the graduations, how does that impact your ministry there at Prodigal? well
2: oh, we're very seasonal. Mm-hmm. We find that, that we will start to go into what we call our slow season because the kids, we build to like a crisis, November, December, January, February. Holidays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right. Everybody's willing to take a look at their stuff, and they want to come in and they want help. And then they kind of get it together or get their Parents, not you know, off their back, Mm -hmm. and like you said, prom, all this stuff comes up in summer, and they want to run on their own. And uh, Mm. some make it; vast majority don't. And then all of a sudden, we see them back again. So
4: it's changing somewhat, though. We we're staying full a lot when we didn't used to. What is full? What is? It means that we have a um, 65 people that are steady. in in the group right now. And we have roughly about 25 that come in each month, new people. And that wasn't that way before. And I I contribute that to the people that uh, come into a relationship with the Lord, uh, find some peace and harmony, turn their lives around. They run into their old friends, and friends in quotations. Uh, They see a difference in them. Then that friend passes it on. And then we continue to have a nice flow of uh, people that really want to know what is it you have here? You know, what is it? And, then, of course, that opens up the door for, well, let me share what God's done in my life. And and it's that attraction again that will help people change their lives.
1: Ken and Jane, what is it that provides the the staying power uh, when you see a life change? We And we've experienced here, you know, there are some people who, Uh, get out of prison or get out of whatever they're in and i got a great story and Uh you know they they come back or come to christ and and they they get on you know good level road there for a while and then they fall back to the friends that that uh, lead them away and and suddenly you don't see them anymore and and they go back to where they were what what are some of the keys that you've seen that that help, help it take and and keep people really focused in terms of tracking with christ and and uh, avoiding the old life choices.
4: One other thing, there's about three things that they they struggle with, and fear is a big one. They they are afraid to die to self, and we don't talk enough about grieving. When we talk about grief, we think of someone dying. But when we actually change a lifestyle, we grieve it. Uh, I grieve that I can't run up the stairs like I used to. At 60 years old, it's not like it used to be. But uh, they, they grieve the lifestyle. They grieve their best friend. And we mm. need to point out that your best friend is really Satan because Satan's over there going, I loved you and everybody else rejected you. I was there for you. Come on. Here I am. I'm still here. I'm just waiting for you. And they can fall susceptible to that that lie. But what they really need is a sense of belonging. You know, we can talk about Romans chapters 5 and 8. Uh, but they want we need to help them educate that they are a child of God, that they're not a mistake. God does not make mistakes, give them the sense of belonging. Then the sense of worth, how Christ mm-hmm. did die for us, you know, and give and give them that. And then the, through the confidence in how the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And, you know, those are three simple little things, but that is the truth based on what God says. And, and that helps turn their life around and gives them the courage to look at the wreckage of the past. Mm-hmm. But I have an interesting government story. Uh, we ha- had a, we have a gentleman that came in. T- did you want to say something, dear?
3: Uh,
4: no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can give me a little tap on the line. You, know, you picked up, you
2: picked, you up. P- yes, you picked up on something I was going to just add before. I know the story you're going to tell. and I wanted to add before you said it Go ahead. is that I think that what works is that the people that come to the meetings come in and they experience patience and grace hmm. and, That's a huge issue in the sense that relapse is a very large part of addiction. And if you don't have the tolerance to be able to have patience and grace with these people, you alienate them. Mm -hmm. And if we want to believe it or not, I still think the church delineates sin. There's the big ones and there's the little ones. And so when they come in, when they find out they're sitting in a room and maybe all of them have that, that number 10 sin sitting on their shoulders and nobody there is going to judge them. They come back, Mm -hmm. they come back and slowly they learn to trust and let it out and they make new friends and that's how it works. But this is a great story that you're about to tell. It's just a real God thing.
4: I'm glad you added that. Yeah.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Jane. Very important.
4: When you were mentioned the government and uh, how Christ can change, um, renewing of the mind, we had an individual came in. He uh, got in trouble with uh, growing marijuana, and he was a, uh, a an illegal, I believe, is what they call. It. But he's he'd been real successful, and he'd been coming into the group for about a year and a half. He had, he had was making great progress. Uh, one day, the police came in at breakfast and took him away, and they went down to. I'm
2: going to interject something though. You, you're leaving something out. This Am guy, I? yeah, okay. he did. He did grow. He was involved in that. But he had walked away from that and yes. was a very hardworking, gainfully employed gentleman who got his act together and thought that that was over and done with. And it came up after Good he point. was walking with the Lord. This guy was bringing people to the Lord. He was a steadfast group member. And out of the clear blue, one day...
4: The consequences th- of passage
2: Showed up. Mm-hmm.
4: We, we don't get away from that. Anyway, he went down to the Fresno in the federal jail down there, and they weren't going to let him out. They were going to deport him. And so we went down there, another guy that's in the group, and visited with him. And And, uh, and his attorney said, can you come back when we have this hearing? So we, we went in there, uh, sat in the background for the hearing, and uh, the judge wanted to know. I wrote a letter just saying that this guy's life had changed. But anyway, there's about eight of us sitting in the back, and this DA wanted this. Person, my friend, to never get out. I'm very adamant about it. never. You know, no, no bail, no nothing. So the judge uh, then is looking in the back of the room. and Goes, who are all these people? And his attorney said, these are people from prodigal sons and daughters, and we're kind of proud of that, you know. Yeah. And but it got scary for me because then he goes, who is Ken Muir?s And they. My friend's attorney said, that's him right there. And the judge said, come up here. Well, the last time I stood in that come up (laughs) here, I was in an orange suit and I just spent three days in jail. So I was a little nervous. But, and I was very scared, but I had a wonderful experience. And I know Jesus was standing right next to me and I heard him say, I'll take this. And the judge said, tell me about prodigal sons and daughters. And I went, "I, I have an opportunity in a federal courthouse before a federal judge to openly talk about Jesus Christ and how this Savior works in our lives.
2: A packed courthouse that we had been sitting in for a couple of hours, and every case that came up got worse than the next, and they were saying, you're not getting bail. You're not getting bail. You're staying, you're staying, you're staying. So when this happens, and all of a sudden, who is Ken Muir's? And Ken stands up, and we're in the back. The entire courtroom looks back to find out why. Why is this? This isn't the attorney why is this person being brought in? And then you tell what the ultimate. Deal well,
4: is. one time the DA stood up and the judge literally said, literally said You just sit down. And, uh, to the DA. To the DA, yes. Not to me, <laughs> which I'd like to have sat down. <laughs> but
0: God had plans for you The <laughs> outcome,
4: The outcome was the judge released him that day. And attorneys from various individuals that were in there, we were standing outside the courtroom, and most of them came out and saying, this doesn't usually happen. This is unprecedented. This, these things just don't happen. And it was uh, it, it was the most spiritual experience I've had to date. Ah. Uh, and I knew Christ a little bit taller than me. Mm.
0: <laughs> just a little bit, huh? Yeah. Hallelujah. Was,
4: <laughs> the only thing I was saying is don't cry, Ken. Don't cry. Don't cry. Because I'm an emotional person at that point. It was wonderful, though.
0: Oh, amen. More divine appointments with prodigal that, sons that was something. and prodigal daughters right after this.
1: Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet... Thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, Proven Effective, Advancing Vibrant Communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs.
2: The very first story that Mike told about ABC involved serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community and in that moment God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen and as I saw the setup of the database I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation it helps us be more effective
1: this organization comes along and says I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs and then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department.
2: Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others.
1: ABC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. ABC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased
4: level and quality of of life.
0: You know, some of us can donate a little money,
2: some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me
3: and what I needed in my life.
1: We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves.
0: Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Ken and Shane Muir's of Prodigal Sons and Prodigal Daughters. We're so glad to have you back. And those stories, I tell you how inspiring they are uh, to just know that God is using your lives to encourage and to bless others and to bring people to himself. And we just uh, are so pleased. Want to give folks the opportunity to know how to contact you guys at Prodigal Sons and Daughters. Guys. Somebody Lady Jane.
2: Anybody? Oh, she will. <laughs> How to contact us. Your yes. cell phone number?
4: Well, we are in Turlock, California, which and our address is 340 East Olive Avenue. Okay. And the phone numbers are area code 209-634-3538. And the crisis hotline is area code 209-652-2267. Let's
0: talk about that crisis hotline for just a minute because we may have someone out there right this minute who has a crisis
4: or two or three.
0: Or five or nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll speak from my experience. I needed someone when I was beat down to, to reach out to. I, I didn't have a good relationship with God with a capital G. I had a pretty good one with God with the small g. And I needed someone who had been there and done it that I could talk to. And I was so full of shame and guilt that I, I remember one time I tried to go into a church, and they were so friendly, the greeters. They, they, they met me, and I got repelled by it because I was so in the dark, I guess. I, I'm not sure why, but I remember I could not get in the church.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I, I, I just bounced right off of it. Mm-hmm. So they need someone that has been there and done it, that is a survivor that when you say, I can hear that beer or that drug talking to me five miles away across town, uh, a normal, we call them neps, normal earth people, <laughs> they, they wouldn't <laughs> understand that. But a person that's done it, you go, yeah, I, I, remember, I remember talking to me. And, of course, that again is Satan going, I'm your best friend. I'm always there for you. Yeah. And uh, it just to pick up a phone, which requires a tremendous amount of courage because it is then submitting that I have some sort of powerlessness. Uh, but that's when the freedom starts. That's the first step. And uh, usually the other person on the other line will extend all kinds of love because they know what it's like to be in Mm. that individual's shoes.
2: So the crisis hotline is 24 hours, seven days a week.
4: Oh, yeah. Back to the question. (laughs) Imagine
2: that. Back to the question. Yeah.
4: I chase rabbits a lot. (laughs)
2: And you shop a lot at Home
4: Depot. (laughs) That's me. That's me.
0: At
2: Home Depot, Jay? Okay. No, 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 no.
1: You mentioned a couple minutes ago uh, two key elements of what you do, and that's patience and grace. Mm -hmm. And uh, and part of that, and I think, unfortunately, in our Western Christendom, we tend to think of God working as a light switch. Boom. uh, It's done, you know the old is gone the new has come and what's wrong with you now um we have to be okay about the fact that you know folks fail uh us in our expectations and we have to adjust those and see them through god's eyes uh, talk a little bit about uh, ken and jane uh, you know about seeing uh people have hit hit the wall with god's eyes uh, how do we do that and what do we see when we look through God's eyes? Do we see differently when we look at them through our own eyes?
2: We do. We have a, another story that's kind of amazing. We have a gal in our group that married her drug dealer 15 years ago, and they've had two children. He decided to get clean a few years back, but she didn't. So hmm. she did was it 17 years of crystal meth every single day, wow. even while pregnant. Oh. And she started coming to our group with no intention of quitting because she used it as a maintenance. She she swallowed it, she didn't shoot it. She found the Lord, and she's got a year. She had we celebrated a year. Was it this last? Yeah, she was 13,
4: months 13 months clean. 13
2: months clean. Yeah. And this girl's on fire for the Lord. It's just yeah, amazing, awesome. absolutely amazing that she. She was able to, to do that and her and her husband are in church and they're going to parenting classes oh, and they're, yeah, they're doing all kinds of stuff mm. to, to turn the ship and they realize, you know, there's there's carnage out there from their past mm-hmm. but they're they're addressing it and it's just awesome to watch. It's not too late.
0: I could late. see
1: a new not Zondervan book coming out. I married my drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't that great? Awesome. What about you, Ken? What?
4: Well, it is a lot of Patience and grace, and uh, I was thinking of the family members of the addict, how sick that they get caught up in with enabling and, and all these other things, denial, and when they come in, they want us to fix their addict, and we we listen to that for a while, and then we'll say, what is it really that God's trying to teach you? Mm. So the grace and the patience uh, come from taking our eyes off of everybody else, mm putting our eyes on God and saying, what is it that you want to teach me? Which is a very bold question because we all have sin. And if we're, you know, godly enough, maybe we'll really ask God, there are some things in me that I need changed. Would you please point them out to me? And uh, you you can extend a lot of grace at that that point to someone else.
2: Giving that mate or that parent the opportunity, invite them to see their addict, whether it's again, a husband, a wife or a child through God's eyes. Yes. how Amen. God sees them.
1: Amen. Yes. Amen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, again, it's uh, Prodigal Sons and Daughters, Ken and Jane Muir's. Uh, the number is 209-634-3538. That's 634-3538 or the Crisis Hotline. 24 209 209-652-2267. That's
0: 652-2267. How sad this hour has gone by so quickly. Ken and Jane Muir's of a prodigal sons and prodigal daughters, thank you thank for you. being with us. Amen. God bless you. Dear friends at home, thank you for listening in wherever you are. Thank you for sharing a little bit of time with us here on Lighthouse Live. Don't forget to join us next week. It's Mother's Day here on Lighthouse Live. May God continue to bless you.